Pete McMurray in the Skyline Studios in for Roe. Roe is back next week on vacation this week. Chief Medical Officer and Senior Vice President of Northwestern Medicine, Dr. Jim Adams, is brought to you by Northwestern Medicine, relentless in their pursuit of better health care. And Dr. Jim joins us now. How are you, sir? Very good. Thank you. Thank you for joining us. By the way, if you have a question for Dr. Jim, 312-981-7200 is our phone number. Fourth of July week, people are going to be um, getting together this week. Dr. Jim, we've been stressing today how important it is to wear a mask. Yes. It's the single safest thing you can do. It's not natural yet, but it's getting increasingly more comfortable for everybody. And we need to stress that they need to wear a mask properly. A lot of people are wearing the mask, but they're not putting their nose inside the mask. That defeats the purpose. It does. So it does have to cover the nose and mouth. No, it's uncomfortable, but you get used to it, and it's really important to do it. Um, Do we wear masks outside if we're keeping social distance? Yes, down walking down the street, it's good to have a mask. And there's all kinds of new varieties of masks that are comfortable. So people are adapting, and more people, more and more people are wearing them. Wearing them, but yeah, it's important to just keep it on. What about swimming pools and uh, lakes? Yeah, it's hard to go to the swimming pool and lake without people talking to you, without people gathering in small groups. So, yeah, it's important to have them there as well because it's human beings naturally gather. Um, what do you, what are your thoughts on, uh, sports coming back? I know they talked about baseball. They're not going to see fans, but Wrigley has said that we're going to put fans on rooftops. What was your first thought when you heard that? Well, it's, it, it's good to figure out how we can have as normal a life as possible to do it safely and distanced. So my initial thought was they'll have limited numbers of people, people will have masks, and people will they'll figure out the pathways up so that people aren't crowded around each other for long periods of time. So it, it can be done. It just takes a lot of thought. It's interesting. I was uh, at Costco the other day. We're all trying to get out of the store. You got your receipts and you wait for that person to check your receipt just so she can put a happy face on it. I mean, I feel like we're jamming up at different places. Like at Costco, there was no social distancing as you're leaving the store. I understand that the carts are in between each other, but I feel like you got to be aware of situations like that where you're getting jammed in. Yes, I think we're all going to develop those those exact same reflexes. People are really generally very good at Costco while they're shopping and even at the checkout line, but you're right, there's a little jam at the end. The good news is that the carts do allow a little bit of social distancing. (laughs) People are wearing masks. The the best news is that it's brief, that if people are in an environment for 10 minutes, 15 minutes, the CDC says 15 minutes, that's where the risk is. And just the few minutes at the checkout line really present a minimal risk as long as people do have some distance and a mask. Okay, I like that. Dr. Jim Adams on the phone with us, 312-981-7200 if uh, you have a question for him. Um, I just lost my train of thought. I had a question ready to go, but we'll go to uh, Carl, who's waiting. Carl, what's your question for Dr. Jim? Yeah, uh, hi, Pete. Hi, Dr. Jim. How are you, man? Uh, I'm, I'm not too bad. How are you guys? <laughs> Good, man. What's up? As, What's as your question? Much as I dislike wearing the mask. I wear it all the time. Okay. Now, um, uh, aren't you, uh, with the mask, exhaling a certain amount of uh, carbon dioxide and inhaling that? Is there any issue with that, doctor? That's my question. Oh, good question. For most people, not at all. 
uh, that, that sure there's carbon dioxide, but it gets out and it's, it's easy to diffuse. For most people, not a problem at all. But that's why we do want proper masks that have some ventilation. We don't want solid rubber. Of course, it has to be breathable. The people with medical conditions have have problems with carbon dioxide already and have, have emphysema do need to talk to their doctor to figure out how to best protect themselves. But for everybody else with um, without serious health problems, it is not a worry. Uh, doc, what about wearing masks as you're working out? So it's it's difficult to, to do that. Um, especially now the gyms are starting to reopen. Right, and they want us to wear masks. I don't know how we're going to do that. I know. So especially while the weather is nice, it is better to be outside. And as long as you're continuously moving, you have to have something around your neck so that if you're around people, you pull it up. But as you're going alone with far distances, it's natural to pull it down. In the gym, it's much more difficult to do aerobic exercise. They're going to have to work on ventilation, but it's that's a tricky. That's tricky. Oh, that's very tricky. Let's go to Jim. Jim, what's your question for Doctor Jim? Hello, I was wondering about penicillin. They said it was the wonder drug. Why couldn't you distill penicillin down? Because anytime you distill something, you make it four times stronger. Would that? help anything it's a great question the penicillin is used for bacteria this is virus so completely different type of animal this is a very different type of infection and we're just discovering the good medicines for viruses have not been as effective with with antivirals as we have with antibiotics we're getting there though a lot of science on the way what about vitamins vitamin d Zinc. No, I, I, I don't think most doctors are recommending it. It's it's very theoretical. It's just, the, 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 um, and so the science isn't strong, and it could cause, eventually, if people overdo it, problems. So talk to the doctor about it. If you're short of vitamin D, the doctor will recommend some supplement, but I would not do it just for coronavirus. It, I, I would just get in the habit of a mask. Is there anything we can take to stay healthy from the coronavirus, Dr. Jim? So the best thing is to have good physical fitness, have blood pressure under control, blood sugars under control, uh, uh, as good a body weight as possible. So the people who are healthier overall do better with coronavirus. So I would just say focus on your general health and well-being, all the stuff that we know we're supposed to keep under control, a little bit of exercise, a little bit of weight management, blood pressure, sugars. Those things really matter. And, and it's good just for our overall health. Okay, I like that. Dr. Jim, hold on a second. Uh, we're going to uh, uh, talk a little bit more. I, I'm going to ask you about high cholesterol, too, which runs rampant in my family. i got a few questions about that. 312-981-7200. If you have a question, remember, you don't need to make an appointment. You can call us right now and ask the chief medical officer and senior vice president of Northwestern Medicine, Dr. Jim Adams on the phone. Again, it's all brought to you by Northwestern Medicine, relentless in their pursuit of better health care. We'll get more with Dr. Jim in a second, but time for traffic, Lauren. 312-981-7200. We have one line open. Chief medical officer and senior vice president of Northwestern Medicine, Dr. Jim Adams on the phone. Again, it's brought to you by Northwestern Medicine, relentless in their pursuit of better health care. Dr. Jim, I want to give a shout out to uh, my doctors, Dr. Michael Lee. They're all at Northwestern, Dr. Ted Schaefer, Dr. Melinda Ring, and Dr. Michael Terry who have all worked on team. it. And I, uh, I went in for my physical. I finally got back uh, for my physical. 
and uh, I'm waiting on my blood work. It was just last week, and high cholesterol runs rampant in my family. Both my mother and father had high cholesterol. My grandparents, I have four brothers on medication. I don't want to go on medication. My cholesterol fluctuates from 175 to 225. Is there anything that I can do naturally to bring it down? Well, people who have genetically high cholesterol, it's hard to bring it down naturally. And the medicines are really good and, frankly, safe under your doctor's care and really have been shown to be beneficial. So personally, I would not be afraid if the doctor recommended um, uh, the the cholesterol medicine. Second, the good diet, especially a plant-based diet, is very healthy and really does help the the lipid profiles. However, if it's genetic, that's just not going to be enough. How about vodka? Does that help? Uh, well, can't prescribe that. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Let's go. Let's go to Dave. Dave, what's your question for Doctor Jim? Yeah, hi. Um, I get hot flashes. I'm a guy, and I get hot flashes. And I'm wondering, is that an indication of low thyroid or hypothyroid? Well, it's hard to say. It's not a typical symptom of low thyroid, but your doctor can easily check for thyroid, and it's worth doing if you're getting hot flashes. And your doctor can do some other tests, hormonal tests, just to check to see why that might be occurring. So I would recommend just getting some blood drawn and get it all get all that checked. Well, I did have a I did have a, a complete blood count done a year ago when I was. Mm-hmm having all these for like all week long and my levels were normal but i've had this done several years before that and my levels were kind of low then they went back up to normal two weeks later are there other hormones imbalances that could be causing this other than the thyroid there are if those symptoms are really troubling you then you can see an endocrinologist and they can do larger batteries and panels right remember you can't do this over the phone you've never met this guy but thank you dave good luck with that uh what about fasting doc every that's the new craze the the uh 14 to 16 hour fasting so you fast for 16 hours uh and then you eat for eight yeah, I am not a fan of fads, but this one, this one, all the the tests that are done of people who are fasting shows to have positive physical benefits. Really? It does. And I am not a fan of fads. I'm conservative in this regard, but by going extended periods without food, and and you don't really have to go 16 hours. That, that's extreme. But um, but 10 hours, 12 hours. The people push it to 14. The people who are consuming lower calories. Yeah. It does. There's everything they measure. It really does look like it's healthier. So so I think it's um, nice to develop a good rhythm where you feel good, you feel healthy, you feel energetic. If it feels painful, don't do it. But there is a way to, to get there. Um, it's interesting that you say that because I started this the first of the year and the 16 is way too much. 12 hours yeah. is a piece of cake. Just think, you're done eating at 7.30 at night. You can right. wait until 7.30 in the morning. That's right. That's, That's nothing. Right. So 12 hours, you want to give your digestive system a That's rest right. overnight. That's right. Wow. And it's really useful to do and people really do end up healthier with it. I like that. I feel healthier already. All right. Let's go to uh, Pete's on line five. Pete, you're on with Dr. Jim Adams from Northwestern. What's your question? Yes, doctor. I'm wondering what you think about playing ice hockey. It's starting back up and I'm wondering how, th- how safe you think it might be. Yeah, that's tough because of the crowded environment and all the huffing and puffing. And I think without masks, it's 
with COVID still freely spreading, I think that that's very difficult. I'd feel much more comfortable if there was testing and tracing active and very low rates of COVID before hockey was resumed. Uh, but we'll get there. I don't know that at this moment it's the it's the safest thing. But Doc, have you been to a restaurant yet? I have, I have, but very not a crowded one at all. I'm yep. very nervous and very cautious. But I only go to extremely safe places in the neighborhood. And what do you think about the uh, they're taking your temperature before you go in or get seated? At the hospital, we have cameras on the wall that's checking everybody's temperature as they walk in, and it's an extra check. Mm-hmm. A lot of people can spread COVID without a fever, so I don't think that's the end-all, be-all, but it's one extra safety precaution. And we have to remind people, besides wearing the mask, wash your hands. Wash the hands. <laughs> With soap. <laughs> that's right. And soap, amazingly, really does kill the virus just rub for 20 seconds the soap really and water does kill the virus and so it's a fragile virus if we kill it we just have to choose to kill it all right let's go to nicole nicole you're on with dr jim adams from northwestern what is your question hi dr adams my question is um that the media has been reporting um, more and more asymptomatic um, individuals, for example, um, professional athletes being tested, members of the president's staff being tested. And I was just curious about these people who are asymptomatic, just kind of presumptively being tested. I'm curious, are they being tested in a way where they're tested for actual live um, COVID genetic material, um, or are they being antibody tested if they're asymptomatic? And then as, as a follow-up, is there any situations where antibody tests are being used? Very scientific, I know, but I, I, I need a Great questions. So. Great yeah. questions. A very good question. So the people getting tested usually are getting tested because they've been in close proximity to somebody diagnosed with COVID. So it's, they've found the case, and then everybody in proximity gets tested, and then they can find the asymptomatic patients. So it's that test, that test and trace strategy, and and in the government, in offices, that's what's that's what's going on. What it tests for is the genetic material of the virus. So that's that's what we know. Some of the genetic material is in the nasopharynx. What do you think of um, these young kids being diagnosed in uh, Florida and Texas? I mean, the spikes are just ridiculous. It is, and unfortunately, people got lax, went out to bars and parties and crowded environments, and it's it's understandable, it's instinctive, it's just not healthy to do so. But the masks and distance, we could still go out safely. We just have to take the right precautions. All right, let's go to uh, Judy. Judy, thanks for holding. You're on with Dr. Jim Adams from Northwestern. What's your question? Hi. Hi, Dr. Adams. I just have a question. I noticed that a lot of people's masks will fall below their nose and then they're handling their mask repeatedly to put it back in place. And I'm just wondering if that increases the possibility of transmitting the virus. So uh, it's a great question. It's um, the biggest risk is if they are breathing and blowing out in with their respirations, the virus. That's the biggest risk. However, if they handle their their face, mask, nose, and touch something, of course the virus can transmit. However, across the world, that's not really the principal or dominant way it's transmitted. It really does seem through the, res- through the respirations in air. 
So, yeah, it's not great if they do that. I don't like to see it either. Uh, that's why we wash our hands and use alcohol. Right. But, but I'm, at least they have a mask somewhere on their face. Maybe they can get up over the nose. Judy, I thought you were okay. talking about me because I'm constantly juggling with my mask. Yeah. I mean, wash your hands and keep your hands off your face, right? right. You're right. You're right. Thank you, Judy. 312-981-7200. Let's go to uh, Peggy. Peggy, what's your question for Dr. Jim? Hi, Dr. Jim. I just, I had COVID. I was off work for eight weeks. I ended up having pneumonia. Oh, wow. That was probably about six weeks ago now that I've been back to work, but I'm still coughing and i'm still like i can't walk more than three and a half blocks with being short of breath and i just want to know how long is this going to last i'm really tired of not feeling good Uh, i'm sorry that you're feeling good sorry that you had had covid and such a long case of it we are definitely seeing a lot of people like you they get it takes a long time to get over it and then they're still short of breath Sometimes the doctor can prescribe some breathing exercises to help strengthen the lungs um, and, or, or other kind of lung rehabilitation. But I'd, I'd call the doctor and get some, some good rehab, lung rehabilitation exercises to get you back on your feet. And Peggy, are you okay, okay to be back at work? Uh, they tell me I am. I tested negative. I have the antibodies. I've been sent home several times because of the coughing. Yeah, that would freak uh, some people out, I would it think. <laughs> it does. Yeah. So. Well, good luck, yeah. Peggy. All right. Thanks, guys. Okay. Take care. Right, I mean, uh, so that, that's that's common, Doc. It's common. We're seeing a lot of these extended recoveries. Okay. Uh, Doc, thank you for your time. I really appreciate it. Hold on. We had one more question about needing dental work. Is it okay to go back to the dentist? If you need dental work, get the dental work. If you need health care, get health care. It is safe. The dentists are really smart, taking all the right precautions. Um, get, the, get the important care that you need, yes. Right. And if, you needed, if you've been putting off surgery, too, now's the time to call back your doctor and say, hey, I'm ready to go because they're That's taking right. patients again. Absolutely. Uh, Dr. Jim Adams from Northwestern. Thank you, sir. Thank you. Boy, he is just the best. Can I have his cell phone number so I can just text him? Wow, is that awesome. Dr. Jim Adams from Northwestern Medicine, brought to you by Northwestern Medicine, relentless in their pursuit of better health care. It's Pete McMurray and Pharrell Khan. After uh, 5 o'clock, we'll talk to John Dickerson, uh, one of the correspondents on 60 Minutes. But first, time for news from the Northwestern Medicine Newsroom.